Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Campionato di calcio italiano. Good afternoon, good evening everybody, it's me Dov of Forza Italian Football and the season must be starting because it's me doing a podcast, I am not Cora Clancy um, and I think we've done these sporadically over the last few years where we've had a chat about a club in particular and uh, as you've probably guessed by the title of this one, this one is about AC Milan and I'm delighted to be joined once again by Ogo Silla to talk about Milan. Ogo, how are you? <laughs> Doing very well, Dub. Uh, it's good to talk to you again. Uh, we've done this last year, and uh, actually, I have to say, I don't think uh, we checked if I was corrected my uh, assumptions of uh, Bilan's season. But uh, given how uh, <laughs> glum I probably was, I don't think I was terribly far off. I did check, and you were correct because ah. I think because you, you said that they wouldn't get into the Champions League, and they didn't get into the Champions League. Um, although you, I think you did, you did say they would get into the Europa League. Um, they did get into that, but then decided yeah. not to get into that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you know, I'll, <laughs> I, I, wasn't, I, I, I wasn't taking a lot of risks, to be fair, in my predictions. <laughs> no, you're, you're, they were very well educated in predictions based on uh, things that are happening, not just speculation and hope. <laughs> Reality. Uh, you're a realist, Ogo. That's, that's, that's why I like you so much. <laughs> I try to be. <laughs> right, so... A year has passed. Everything. Uh, well, Milan last season. Actually, just quickly, like, just kind of get you. I don't think I spoke to you at the end of the season. So, the season for me was a little bit of a joke at times, to be honest, about how Milan could do so well and then be rubbish and then it's all Gattuso's fault, but it isn't Gattuso's fault. And um, what's your just quick take on what happened last season before we get into the summer? Yeah, I kind of agree with you. It was a bit, um, it was a bit of a confusing season, right? Because no one really knew um, who to blame. Like you said, was it was it uh, the coach's fault? Or was it was he not getting enough out of the team? But at the same time, I always never really felt like the team had 
that much quality. Uh, but I always kind of felt that it it would on paper feel uh, it on paper felt like it had more quality to do better. Mm. Uh, but uh, that was on the assumption that uh, I did not think that some teams uh, would be doing as well as they had done the year the, the year prior. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, though, uh, I think to some extent, uh, Katusa as the coach uh, hit a bit of a wall, and uh, there was uh, I particularly felt that uh, during the stretch when uh, we looked like you know we might be in good contention to maybe like. Uh, eke to to the finish line and uh, get a four spot, but there were these um, few games against uh, relegation candidates and really uh, lower table teams that uh, we were not able to get many points off, and I think uh, that's when opinions against Katusa really turned. But uh, mm-hmm. overall, yeah, it was definitely a disappointing season, but at the same time, one that you know most fans should have kind of expected. Yeah, well, that's the thing. The the, the uh... The goal of the season was to qualify for the Champions League, and they didn't qualify for the Champions League. So, if you've put kind of quite a clear um, kind of post in in the ground to say this is what we need to get, the coach is like, right, okay, that's fine. And then you don't get it, then he's the boss, and the buck stops with him. But he's not the boss anymore. Ogo, no, 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 because Marco Giampaolo is the boss. He obviously came in from a decent season at Sampdoria. I think he started well and tailed off. Um, and he's obviously he's got the Milan job. We've got transfers in. But I just want, I want to get your thoughts first on the coaching change. Are you happy with it? Do you think Giampaolo, what can he bring to Milan? Is it a terrible appointment? Is it just another kind of one that's going to last a year? Like, what, what's your thoughts on it? Uh, I'm not going to make any predictions on how long it's going to last because you never really quite know with this club. <laughs> but uh, as far as the coach himself, I think it's an improvement uh, in the sense that you know we got out of um, uh, the last uh, the last seasons with coaches like uh, like Gattuso, like uh, Seydorf, like Inzaghi, and you know those are like former players that came back who had very little experience. So at least now you have a coach with um, you know credentials uh, to um, uh, to show as far as uh, as what he's done in Serie A. Uh, like you said, yeah, with Samp, uh, he, he started well. He kind of tailed us a bit. He finished ninth. Um, he's he's known what he's, his formation of preference seems to be 4-3-1-2, which, uh, which I like. I think we have um, more players who would be suited to that rather than, uh, uh, than formations that require wide players. Uh, of course, then that's once we get once we talk about the players i think uh that'll get us to talk about the issues of what's going to happen with suso in such a formation so we don't quite know yet you know maybe john paulo might adapt but other other than that without being super excited i think it's a good appointment and uh we'll uh we'll wait and see what happens but certainly i'm a bit more confident uh, with him at the helm, as I was maybe when Gattuso, Sedorf, and Inzaghi were there, where I was kind of like, well, you know, this is probably not going to work out, but, you know, <laughs> let's wait and see and hope. Did, did you, obviously, because obviously, I think every single player, apart from Mihailovic, was an ex-player of Milan. Yes, Whereas exactly. Gian, Gianpaolo is uh, he's a coach, and I think that's probably yeah. the biggest difference. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Right, okay, players then, right, so... Milan have made some big money signings. Oh, go big money. <laughs> We've got Rafael Leal coming in from Lille. Um, Tio Hernandez coming in from Real Madrid. Benacer and Krunic from Empoli. 
and then Leo Duarte coming in from Flamenco. They're, they're, those are kind of the big five. Um, Andre Silva's back. Catroni's off. Um, Suso could be off. You mentioned that as well, right? So we'll start. We'll start, we'll start with the, the players that come in, right? So Teo Hernandez, twenty million pounds to twenty million euros down the drain. If you ask me, he's rubbish. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I can. Uh, I, I understand the, 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 your assessment of Teo Hernandez. I myself am particularly worried about Teo Hernandez as well. You're worried. Uh, he's a player. <laughs> yeah, a, a little bit. Just in the sense that, um, as a footballer, I think he definitely has quality, right? I mm. think I think he's a good left back uh, in a technical sense. Uh, however, uh, it, yeah, exactly, right? Uh, he, he did well at Real Sociedad, but he seemed to really struggle when he went to Real Madrid, which doesn't necessarily mean much. You know, it's not because you struggled there that you won't that you're still not a good player. But my issues with him is that the reason why he struggled there were a lot to do with um, uh, disciplinary reasons and kind of like mentality and things like that. Um, and you know, we even saw a glimpse of that when he turned down. Um, uh, when he turned down playing for France, and then he he was found that like uh, the photos circulated with him being on vacation, <laughs> and uh, obviously uh, Deschamps, the French coach, they really appreciate that very much. But uh, that that's kind of by the by. But I think it speaks to to a general attitude of the player, and uh, I get particularly worried about these things when that sort of player comes to Milan because the environment around Milan hasn't been very good over the last years in terms of like. Getting these um, these types of players to to, to walk uh, uh, to to walk a straight arrow line, so we'll kind of see. On a technical level, I think he's definitely a good player. Uh, is he going to work out or not? Uh, at the end of the day, I think he'll be better than Ricardo Rodriguez. So you know, we'll 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 put that in the we'll put that in the, in the plus column. Just, just. <laughs> um, I think Real Madrid getting twenty million euros for him. I think they were like taking. The money and going straight to the bank with that, making sure none of that got lost. Um, I've got a steal there, if you ask me. Um, what about right? Oh, th- this is one you obviously know quite a lot. A player you'll know a lot about, uh, Rafael Leal. Obviously, since you're crazy and watch League, uh, he was at Lille. <laughs> um, I assume most of the, most of the fans probably don't know too much about him. He's a striker. He's 20 years old. The cost cost a lot of money. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, I was really surprised by by the price tag on it. I mean, um, he's a player. See, the reason why I was surprised at the price tag is that uh, Rafael Leao played just about half a season with it. You know, mm. he wasn't the starting striker in the first half of the season, and then he started coming in uh, because uh, their their starting striker, I believe, uh, uh, Louis wasn't really firing, and uh, Leao, um, you know, incrementally. Uh, uh, begun to to creep into the starting 11. He looks like a good player, I have to say, but he just strikes me as being extremely raw, is uh, is the issue with it. Um, he actually struck me more as a, as a second striker, but uh, when he was at Lille, he definitely led the line. Uh, but, of course, most of the focus of their attack at Lille was uh, uh, around uh, uh, Pepe, who, who went to Arsenal, because obviously uh, uh, Liao would just kind of occupy the space and then uh, drop down so that Pepe would, c- would be able to cut inside and then score the goals. So he wasn't really the focal point of the attack. And um, this is where I'm kind of wondering uh, what are they going to do with him. Uh, obviously, he won't be the focal point because uh, 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 Piatek will be there. Mm-hmm. Piatek will be there. So... 
I think as a second striker, it's an interesting option. Uh, he's just very raw, and I think people are going to need to be very patient with him. But he seems to have a fairly good eye for goal, I have to say. How do you think you know, that, that that all fits into the kind of striker question at Milan? Obviously, Piontek is going to be the, the number one, the, the main the main starter. Andre Silva's back, and they, they can't seem to get rid of him for love nor money. Um, mm-hmm. We sold Patrick Cotrone, who I think that upset a lot of fans because obviously he's a youngster who's come up through the ranks. Of he course. clearly loves the club, and every time he gets on the pitch, he's one of the few players at that team where you, when you're there at the San Siro, he gets a massive cheer. Um, mm-hmm. Not many players get that. He's one that gets it every single time. And then obviously when you see the, the kind of emotion when he scores, and then obviously you've got Rafael Liao as well. So do you think Milan were right to get rid of Cotrone, bring in Liao... Or do you think they should have like really kind of went all out to get rid of Andre Silva and kept Cutrone there so you'd have kind of those three rotating? I mean, what do you think they should have done? Okay, for uh, Cutrone, <laughs> I completely agree. I think they should have absolutely kept him. Uh, I, I I did not get the sense that he was the player who wanted to go. I feel like he was more uh, the uh, the club who wanted the money and uh, pushed him out. Uh, I could be wrong about it, obviously, but that's the, set, that's the sense I got out of it. Mm. And I think, you know, with Giampaolo, I mentioned that he's somebody who played 4-3-1-2 when he was at, at Sampdoria. To have had an attack with Cudrone and, and Piontek, I, I would have really liked to see that. You know, mm. they may not be... They may not be necessarily complementary off the get-go, but I think they could have figured out a way to play together. Hmm. So I would have kept uh, Quattroni on that on that instance only, and also for the fact that you know the fans do like him. He's a homegrown player, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. As far as um, uh, as far as uh, the uh, uh, the Portuguese striker that uh, <laughs> no, that no one is that Milan are not able to to get rid of. <laughs> It's a strange situation because everybody thought he was going to be off to to, to Monaco, right? Mm. And uh, it looked like the deal was gone, but uh, then it fell through last minute. And from the reports I heard in France, it had to do with a fitness issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, And I think because that word got out now, it's going to be very difficult for the club to move uh, Andre Silva. So I think they just need to make due with him. And at this point... uh, with um, with uh, Cotrone out, uh, I really hope that we'll see an attack with both him and Piontek playing together. Because uh, when Andre Silva came in, uh, obviously he was the lead striker. And mm. I'm always contented that he's he's a much better playing with a partner. So I hope we do see a two-striker system with both of them. And then actually try to figure out, you know, can um, can uh, can Andre Silva actually contribute to this team or not. Mm. Well, kind of the other big one as well is uh, Angel Correa at Atletico Madrid, who Milan are desperate to get as well. They're just obviously a bit of an yeah. issue about cash money for that. Um, 50 million euros is what Atleti want. Milan are hovering around 40, 45 million plus bonuses and stuff. So uh-huh. if Correa comes in, Correa's probably going to operate alongside Piontek. And then that that kind of was, yeah that kind of then that kind of leaves like you say Rafael Liao and Andre Silva just kind of hanging about not doing very much. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, honestly, even if you did not have these issues of like you know, all these strikers being there, I don't quite understand the pursuit for 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 Korea. Mm. Um, <laughs> Neither do I. Oh God. He's, <laughs> he's, you know, he's. Uh, he, it's not like you, you you're buying like you know last year's Pichichi or something. Mm. <laughs> so it's it's a very strange move. I don't quite understand uh, what the rationale is behind Korea, and I'm not sure. I'm very curious to know actually who is it that wants him so badly at the club. Apparently, Boban. Is it it's Boban that wants him? From what I hear, 
Oh, that's that's very strange to me. I, I honestly I, I don't get it. And um <laughs> I, I very much hope so that, you know, Boban is is, is speaking with Giampaolo and asking him actually mm. do you want that player? Because if so then you know, you're making it very difficult for your coach because then you're spending all this money on the player. Mm. So there's an expectation of him playing. And like we said, we you know, you had this whole Andrea Silva thing and you just paid uh, pay thirty million on this very young striker, very raw striker, and if he's not going to play, then he's just kind of sitting there. Yeah, it's uh, there seems to be a big lack of uh, strategy and foresight, you know, which is not really new in uh, <laughs> in Milan uh, as far as the strikers are concerned. So yeah, honestly, I kind of hope that they don't uh, they they do not manage to get the money out for Korea and uh, come September. Number second, that he doesn't show up because I think it's just going to complicate a lot of things. Mm. Well, this kind of is Milan start from year zero every season, so we can we should just do this <laughs> podcast once and then just like bleep names out and change names, and then it'll be the same. Um, See, the the thing is that you say it starts from year zero. I would contend that you know we uh, we pull the clock back minus one year every, every single time because I mean. I don't know. It's hard to say that there's been progress in this team because, you know what, uh, Milan won the Scudetto in the 2010-2011 season, right? Mm. And then after that, they finished second, then the year after third, and then they dropped to eighth, Mm. then went to tenth, Mm. then seventh, sixth, sixth, and then fifth. Yeah, sure, in the table, it's gone up, but I don't think that you can make a very sound uh, argument that on the pitch it's improved. So, yeah. No, I would agree with you. Um, right, midfield then, because you got rid of Ricardo Montalivo. Oh, what, finally. Are you, what are you doing? What's, what's going on? He was, he, well, he was the mole in the dressing room. I don't know how many people know that, but all the rumours and stuff like that that were coming out and uh, like team, team sheets and stuff like that, they're all coming from him. So he was the mole, and that's why one of the reasons that he would never got a game because the club didn't like him. Um, yeah, I, had, I have to say I'm shocked that he stayed that long I mean I, I do have to eat a bit of humble pie because I do remember I was very pro this transfer when the when he showed up at the club but it just has not worked out whatsoever so yeah. well come on to be fair like you're getting a free transfer and at the time he was one of it Italy's best midfielders a free transfer yeah, but sure. what was he 3 million euros a year and basically yeah. for how many the last how long he's just basically did nothing and, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah it wasn't well liked last season so he's gone Bertolacci's gone as well mm-hmm. um, Abati's gone who else is gone you got rid of everybody uh, Zapata uh, left Zapata's and, uh, left and, yeah and uh, Jose Mari also Jose, oh, left, yeah. you know. he was going to be the, the great young hope of Italian <laughs> midfielders as well just oh, ruin all these you. players Olgo. you get these players uh, and ruin them um, so obviously the midfield is a bit bare, and you've brought in Ishmael Benacer and mm-hmm. Rade Krunic, both from Empoli. Obviously, Benacer was the uh, player of the tournament, I believe, of the Africa Cup of Nations. Um, and Krunic is just quite a quite good player. Um, mm-hmm. Although, uh, w- one thing I did joke before we started this, listeners, is I did say that Milan decided to improve their midfield with two players from a relegated club, which I think <laughs> is quite funny. Um, <laughs> obviously, I'm not saying they're rubbish, I just think it's quite funny. Um, so, so what, what do you think, then, of that double Empoli deal? So it was like over well, 20 million euros for the two of them, so it's not not too expensive. Yeah, absolutely, and I think at the end of the day, that's the uh, that's the main thing and the main reason why the deal got made is because, like you said, uh, they you you buy players from um, uh, from a relegated team, so you know you can get them on a uh, uh, on a uh, on a cut price, mm. uh, and f- I think the finances uh, certainly 
had more of a sway than the than the sporting uh, than the sporting rationale here. But at the end of the day, uh, Ben Asser, I think had a had a very good African Cup of Nations um, and uh, his African Cup of Nations uh, uh, champion as well with Algeria. And he will uh, he he on top of his passing range, I think he adds a lot of uh, bite uh, in midfield. You know, he's uh, he's a tough tackler. He's sound defensively, I feel, and um, he can uh, provide a lot of help for uh, uh, for a player like Bilia, obviously, who doesn't quite have the legs anymore. Uh, I don't know if the intention is for them to play together or for one to stand in for the other, but uh, I'd like to see. Both of them play together, you know. I mean, God knows the Milan midfield need more uh, ball players than, uh, uh, than than what we've seen in, in past seasons. And um, I'd really be very curious to see a midfield of um, uh, Benasser, uh, Bilia, uh, and Cassia. Because mm. uh, as much as uh, people, you know, uh, fans have very mixed feelings when it comes to Cassia. A lot of them get very angry at the things he does. They're like, oh... Oh no, he's not good on the ball. He's terrible. Uh, he's terrible in front of goal, etc., etc. But I think uh, a lot of these bad aspects of uh, Kessia's game, which are actually not not the main attributes of his game. The main attributes of the game are his energy, his tackling, uh, the fact that he can't go box to box, and that kind of things. Mm. But the other stuff shines more just because no one else in the midfield is doing anything. So. You know he's uh, he he gets saddled with a lot of responsibility and forced to do a lot of things that he's not comfortable to do. Well, well so, saying, uh, saying that as well, just to back up you there, because he's playing mm-hmm. on the same side as Suso or was last mm-hmm. season. Suso doesn't do anything. Suso goes exactly. forward and then does just walks back. So you've got Kessier, and if you've got a fullback like Calabria or Conte bombing mm-hmm. forward, Kessier is the guy to cover that. Exactly. Um, and whereas on the other side, it, it was the problem was less so. So you uh-huh. didn't kind of see that um, the, the kind of mistakes, or not mistakes, but the the, the, the problems that Kessie had because he's essentially being told to cover an entire side of the pitch by himself because he's got that engine probably as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I personally, I'm I'm very excited with Benasser. I think uh, that that should pan out really well, and I think he will uh, he will improve the midfield. Obviously, you know, not. Uh, immensely at the end of the day uh, we were going from a very low bar when it comes to Milan's midfield <laughs> but <laughs> we'll take whatever improvements uh, we can get and uh, as for Krunic uh, I'm kind of waiting to see on that one before uh, I be uh, I have any kind of final verdict on him I think um, he'll need uh, a bit of time to adapt uh, but other than that uh, yeah I think They've made uh, they've made good business uh, on that front. That uh, and uh, I look forward to seeing how the midfield works under Giampaolo. Well, who, like, just before we before, we, well, 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 what do you think Giampaolo will do with his midfield? Do you think he'll go with that kind of a bit more tough three of Bilia, Kessi, and Benacer, or do you think he'll maybe change things up a bit, put Bonaventura there possibly? Um, how, yeah, how, how, how I do think, you think he'll try? What do you think he'll do? I think. Uh, um, it will be uh, uh, Paqueta who will play in that uh, in the, in that midfield zone, uh, like like we kind of saw with uh, with Gattuso last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he will, he will be the third midfielder, so I, I'd expect to see one of uh, either Benacer or Biglia, uh, then Cassie and uh, Paqueta. I think that's more just going to be the more likely midfield combination. 
just because he'll want somebody to drive the ball forward uh, and uh, have the passing range, and, and Paqueta can, can can give that, and uh, possibly somebody else um, he'll pick he'll go with someone else to play in that uh, that Tricuatista role. Uh, suspect it will likely be Suso, uh, even though I'm not. I'm not in love with that idea. Well, how do you solve but, a problem like Suso or go? How do you solve uh, a problem like Suso? You, you try to find somebody to buy him. That's how you solve you it. Tried that, but no, nobody wants to buy Milan players or go this, this year. Apart from Cutrone, the one half decent one, they're like, yeah, we'll have him, but we're not having any more. Don't want yeah, it's, it, yeah I a problem like Suso is very complicated, especially if, if Giampaolo intends on uh, playing for 3 one because then he does not have a natural spot anymore. Hmm. Um, I've heard some. Uh, uh, I mean, this is from fan forums, so I will preempt that uh, by saying that right now. That uh, some some people suggesting that you know Suso could maybe play as a second striker. Uh, I mean, I don't like that. <laughs> You're not I don't love that. I, yeah, I'm not convinced, but I like that idea more than just him playing as trequartista. That's the thing, right? Because uh, at the very least, you play him in the most central zone at, uh, anyway, which he prefers to be in because he's always cutting in from wide anyways. So at least, you know, you don't have to deal with the predictability of him being out wide and not necessarily tracking back. Uh, he'll be a bit closer to, uh, to to Piontek as well. So, and at the end of the day, he is a he, he is able to score goals and all that. So he can he can help find spaces that Piontek can open up. So, I'd be more I'd be more game to 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 see him as a, as a as a as an auxiliary striker rather than in a tackle role. But he's he definitely is a bit of an issue. He's a very frustrating player to be personally. So so. Yes, you know I'm not a fan. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're missing a trick. You need to get um, Chalanoglu as your trick artista. That is the role he's born to play. I mean, I completely agree with you, and I hope that's what's going to happen because uh, we finally have a coach who actually likes and wants to play with a number ten. So I certainly hope that uh, uh, Chalhanoglu will play in that number ten position, and I hope that he will flourish and that we'll finally see the real Chalhanoglu. Mm-hmm. Even though it's it's been a long time since anyone has seen the real Chalhanoglu, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I really hope that uh, he will be given that role. And uh, like I said, I think that means that uh, probably uh, Paqueta will be playing deeper in the midfield uh, as a result of that. There you go. In terms of, kind of like we've spoken about a, a bit about some of the transfer then in terms of Suso and um, Correa and stuff, is there any kind of other business you expect to happen before uh, September the 2nd? Um, I don't expect any business as far as uh, uh, incomings uh, for outgoings. I mean, there are a lot of rumors. Obviously, uh, there's some talks that uh, that uh, uh, Atalanta is interesting in uh, in Laxalt, uh, which you know, I mean, um, neither for or against. I suppose I, I like Laxalt as a player personally, but currently, I mean, there are four left backs in this team. You know, you have Rodriguez, you have Laxalt, you have Hernandez, and you have Strinic. So that's obviously too many. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I wouldn't be against uh, one of them leaving for sure. And uh, there... There's some. There's there's been some strange rumors floating up. Uh, I was seeing this uh, in Gazeta dello Sport today, uh, of the possibility of um, uh, either Jovic or. Uh, Sorry, uh, uh, the the possibility of Jovic uh, uh, coming in, which 
I as in, as in Luka Jovic of Real Madrid. Yes, Luka Jovic of Real Madrid. That's not, exactly. not going to happen over a million uh, years. Uh, that is not going to happen in a million years because one, they just bought him. Mariano and, uh, is the the player from Real Madrid that Milan have been. Yes, exactly. About. I'm sorry. Yeah, the, he he was the other one. I was blanking out on his mm. name. Yeah, Mariano <laughs> is another one. Uh, but I don't even believe the Mariano thing because as much as you know. He probably will not get any game time next season. The problem is that Real Madrid only have Benzema, Jovic, and Mariano as the striker's option. And if they get rid of one of them, they're only left with two of them. Uh, and I don't know. I, I don't quite see... Uh, well, Mariano's gone. Zidane doesn't like him. He hates him, in fact. They want rid of him. Um, well, they want rid of him. That doesn't mean that, that, doesn't mean that, that they can be able to get rid of him. Yeah, well, exactly. Like, uh, he's, he's the one that they try and get rid of. But again... Um, <laughs> they're going to try and rip Milan off, probably. If they, I mean, probably because because uh, Real Madrid are looking for cash because they're still thinking, you know, maybe there's a chance to get Neymar, so they're mm. going to want cash. They're not yeah. just going to want like a loan option. Exactly. So, and uh, I'm sure that they, you know, they're looking at this whole, you know, nonsensical pursuit of Korea. They'd be like, well, if you guys are willing to pay thirty, forty million for Korea, then we want that much for Mariano. You know. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, was well, as I, I'm just see this, see this is why I love the beauty of the internet. Um, whereas <laughs> Jov, I've got a quote from Jovic, which was about half an hour an hour ago. Zidane believes in me, and talk of a loan is laughable. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it absolutely is laughable. I completely yeah. agree with him. <laughs> yeah, so that that that's not going to happen. Um, yeah. What about kind of? Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Goalkeeping wise, because there's been some talk about a certain goalkeeper possibly leaving. Uh, I suspect you mean uh, Pepe Reina. No, no, the other one, Donnarumma. PSG want him. It's, this is the Junior League <laughs> and link here. That was in the papers uh, a couple of weeks ago, but Donnarumma said he wants to stay, but Milan needs some cash money. Yes, absolutely. The the Donnarumma thing is interesting because um, obviously uh, goalkeeper is not a super high priority for a PSG, but they're not against uh, the idea of possibly getting a new one in uh, uh, because I think that there's not 
there's not that much faith in uh, in Areola, who, who's uh, who's their number one choice right now, and uh, there's some thoughts that um, uh, possibly uh, uh, they might lose another one of their uh, 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 of their keeper. Uh, so they're they're considering a move. Obviously, with Leonardo being there, you know he uh, he knows uh, Donnarumma very well. He knows the situation at Milan especially very well. So he, I suspect uh, that he he thinks he can apply some uh, some leverage there to to, to get him out. Um, personally, I've always been of the opinion that if a good offer came for Donnarumma out around the marks of like forty fifty million, at the end of the day. It's a goalkeeper, you know, sell him, you know, especially for that kind of money. You know, Pepe Reina is there, and the but fact Daddy's that... Daddy's there as well, who had a good um, yeah, under-21 yeah, under tournament as well. So Yeah, absolutely, you know, and if, the, if um, your goalkeeper is what makes or breaks your team, then also you have much bigger issues to worry about. So I'm always kind of like, yeah, no, we... I hear a lot of people say, no, we can't get rid of Donnarumma. This is going to really hurt the team. And I think that when you start to get into those waters, you're really kind of missing the point as to what the other bigger issues are in your team. If losing your goalkeeper is going to be that, is going to be that crippling. So, yeah. Uh, if a good offer were to come for Donnarumma from PSG, personally, I would sell him and, uh, and take in the liquidity. It, it, it's a shame uh, because he's, you know, he's another academy product, but He's also very problem. Well, he himself is not problematic. His agent is very mm. problematic, and uh, <laughs> and getting rid of uh, players and uh, limiting the influence of Raiola uh, in this team, especially in this current iteration of this team, where uh, we're cash trapped, we have zero leverage in terms of bringing players in or even uh, selling them for particularly uh, good uh, uh, high prices. Look at uh, look at Cotrone, who we've talked about, who was sold for peanuts as far as I'm concerned. Mm. You know, uh, getting rid, uh, not not being uh, under the stranglehold Raiola, as far as I'm concerned, is a bonus. If we can get some money for Donnarumma, I would take the cash personally. There we go. Right. Um, expectations then. Uh, obviously <laughs> there's no European football for Milan this season so you've got what two competitions and one doesn't start till January um, mm-hmm. to focus on Serie A and the Coppa Italia and that's that is it what's going to happen Ogo? Well yeah obviously uh, there'll be no Europa League because the club uh, made a deal with UEFA and decided uh, to to, uh, to, uh, to to come out honestly Europa. that's sort of like that's so dodgy so dodgy. It's like you don't know. You play in the league. You qualify for the league. You play in the league. End of story. And I mean, I agree with that. I'm I'm a bit surprised that that, that UEFA agreed to that personally. Mm. But I, you know what? It, it's done now. So yeah, and, no, it's, uh, it's done now. And obviously, it happened a long time ago. But it's still really like I, I think it just it almost turns the club into a bit of a joke and the competition. I like the oh, Europa League. I think absolutely. It's a good but it's a bit like yeah, we're not playing it because we can't afford it. <laughs> no, I, I, com- I completely on. agree with you. I completely agree with you. But, you know, it is what it is. And um, obviously, coming out of that competition is to help for a better league position. So, obviously, uh, the club's position, the club's expectation, and I very much premise that as the club's expectations, <laughs> not mine, uh, is fourth place. 
Now, will they manage to get fourth place? I would contend that no. I don't think so, honestly. I think uh, uh, and, uh, the only way that um, uh, that Milan managed to get fourth place is if Piontek drags them there, just kicking and screaming. Uh, he is going to have to have another twenty goal a season, uh, a, a, a twenty goal season, uh, for Milan to even have a sniff at that. I'm not saying he's not capable of doing it. I'm just saying that that's what's going to need to happen. And uh, if that does not happen, then I think uh, I don't think that uh, we can expect a fourth place here because you're talking about a new coach. Uh, who's going to be overseeing a new midfield, who's going to be overseeing a new attack. I think that's going to take a bit of time to gel and uh, a bit of time for Giampaolo to get his uh, his ideas across. So, yeah, if I had to be realistic, I think uh, Milan is likely going to miss out uh, on uh, uh, on fourth place because obviously you will have uh, Juventus, Napoli, well, uh, Inter. Napoli and Inter have got the first three places sewn up. I don't think anybody's uh, going to get them. And then you've got Lazio, Roma, Milan. I, I want to bring in Atalanta, but I think with them playing in the Champions League this season, that's going to be tough for them. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be tough. Uh, and uh, if they, you know, that, so there is some hope, you know, I think it's going to be down on the, it's going to be down to Roma, I think. I don't think Lazio are going to have a particularly strong season uh, uh, for 2019-2020. For, for but uh, it's going to come down to Roma and, uh, and, and what they do. And I think uh, they've retooled, um, they obviously they've lost, uh, they've had a big loss with the, uh, um, with Manolas leaving, so that's going to hurt them, obviously. Uh, but and they brought in Mancini. Uh, I think they've got they've got like an old Atalanta defense now because I think they've, they've more or less done a deal with Zappa Costa. They've got Mancini uh-huh. and Spinazzola as well as coming from Juve. So essentially, they're looking Absolutely. at an Atalanta defense from about three years ago, or almost or exactly. Mm-hmm. And Jacko stayed as well, so you know mm-hmm. they they do have a proven striker. Uh, the midfield is, as well. Absolutely, they they are better than Milan in 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 all, in all departments. So it's going to be effectively Milan are going to have to hope that Roma do not have a good season. I think it's going to come down to that. Mm-hmm. If uh, if Roma do do well enough to stay afloat, then that's fourth place. Uh, bye bye for for Milan as far as I'm concerned. And then what happens, Ogo? Let, let, let's speculate even more. Milan will get fourth place. Are we going to have the same conversation again? Are we going to have, like, I don't know, Hula and Rijkaard and Van Basten are going to be the sporting director team that's going to take over from Boban and Maldini and then they're going to sign God knows who and then... And then uh, Elliot Management will lose his patience and decide to sell the club. (laughs) Like, 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 look at the kind of, look at this kind of, like, a much bigger, longer term picture. I mean, obviously, Milan fans (laughs) and... Um, the club obviously feel like that they are one of Europe's elite, mm-hmm. just given the history. But they've not been, right. uh, in terms of performance, they've not been one of Europe's elite for. I mean, a nowhere long near time. that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah exactly. Sure. Nowhere near. But do you think? Do you think it's possible for them to get back there? Or, or do you think this is going to be like twenty years down the line or ten years down the line? I mean, it's. I mean, to like, I think it. I think it could very well. Twenty years down the line, I don't know. But ten years down the line, I would not be surprised if the club is still kind of stuck in this limbo. But or at least ten years, ten years before we kind of get out of this limbo, I think just the uh, the the incoherence of uh, the, mar- uh, the 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 sporting strategy 
since that Scudetto in 2010-2011 has been astoundingly bad. It's it. You don't. Uh, there have been uh, changes in ownership. Uh, there have been uh, um, uh, transfer windows that have that have had absolutely zero sense about them. You know, stuff like bringing in Fernando Torres, uh, stuff like you know, just just incoherent buys that 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 don't make any sense whatsoever. And unfortunately, it just keeps bringing the club behind and behind because because you're still spending money. Right, mm. you're still spending money, and you're wasting money at that, and uh, you're putting players on like huge contracts, whereas when you're not even using them that much, and then you kind of stuck uh, uh, stuck with them, and they become albatrosses around your neck, and you can't make future moves, and that's the problem. So honestly, I would not be surprised if the club is still going to be stuck in this this uh, this repetitive. We're going to get pattern. Champions League every single year until. The Super League comes. Well, yeah, that, that's the thing. The only way to accelerate coming out of this is to qualify for the Champions League. Milan are going to need to qualify for the Champions League at least every other season to have any hopes of getting out of this quickly. At least that's kind of my my take on this. But that's a very tall ask when you when you look at the the, the previous years. Lots of optimism from Ogo Silva. <laughs> <laughs> um, Right, so that would that would do. Um, so Milan want the Champions League; they're not going to get it. That's what Ogo says. Get onto the Twitter. His uh, handle is Ogo underscore Silla. Um, you can tell him how he's wrong, or agree with him and tell him how he's hundred percent right. Um, you can do that there. And yeah, my expectation is fifth or sixth for Milan this season. I have a hard time expecting anything more than that. See, tell you what the real problem is. The real problem is you let Walter Bierce go. See if you kept Walter Bierce, he'd be fine. <laughs> But, no, no, you thought you were better than that. There you go. <laughs> um, right. Ogo, absolute pleasure. Um, you can follow him on the Twitters and stuff and all that rubbish. It's all in descriptions and in website posts and stuff like that. So go and check that out, Ogo. We shall catch up during, during the season to see if your predictions are correct. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks, Dove. You turned me on.
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.